The Holy Gospel according to St. Mark, the first chapter. The beginning of the Gospel of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. As it is written in Isaiah the prophet, Behold, I send my messenger before your face, who will prepare your way. The voice of one crying in the wilderness, Prepare the way of the Lord, make his path straight. John appeared, baptizing in the wilderness and proclaiming a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. And all the country of Judea and all Jerusalem were going out to him and were being baptized by him in the river Jordan, confessing their sins. Now John was clothed with camel's hair and wore a leather belt around his waist and ate locusts and wild honey. And he preached, saying, After me comes he who is mightier than I, the strap of whose sandals I am not worthy to stoop down and untie. I have baptized you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. This is the Gospel of the Lord. In the name of Jesus, When the Egyptian hermit, Antony, turned his back on civilization and went into the wilderness, little did he know that he was on his way to establishing a new kind of community built around the relationship of fathers, that is, abbots and sons. The desert, or the wilderness of the ancient Near East, presented a lonesome landscape. But there, new encounter and new community took place. So it was for Antony, the so-called father of monasticism. And so it was for John the Baptist and Jesus, who followed him. And so it is with the followers of Jesus. Desert, or wilderness, is a landscape of judgment, a landscape of encounter, and a landscape of familial renewal. Biblically speaking, human beings were created for the landscape of garden. Eden is what we were made for. Garden means good ground, rightly ordered earth. Man was made from such ground and made to work it, keep it, subdue it, and cultivate it. Garden was landscape that expressed the Creator's love. Wilderness is the opposite of good ground. After the fall into sin, it maximally expresses the brokenness of creation. Wandering, grazing, maybe, but you can't grow anything there. Wilderness frustrates human cultivation. 
work and sweat in a field can still give you bread after the fall into sin, but wilderness doesn't give you squat. When God acts in judgment, he makes wilderness. The Greek word for it, eremos, expresses not only dryness, but loneliness, barrenness, ruin, desolation. In Old Testament language, homes, cities, and sanctuaries could be reduced to wilderness under God's judgment. If you do not listen to me, I will desolate your high places. I will make your cities deserts, and your land will be wilderness. Leviticus 26. Wilderness is a landscape of judgment. It threatens life. It's unnerving. So deserted streets, empty halls, burned-out buildings, and spaces of cultivated, ordered life being turned over to the wild are all signs of judgment. A desertification is taking place around us. And even indirect experience of those unnerving realities from homes that have meanwhile grown lonesome to us resonate judgment. We are experiencing wilderness, a landscape of judgment. But there is two-sidedness to everything we experience in a fallen world. For the Creator, who once blessed the world, built a promise in as he cursed the fallen world. A promise of a coming one who would break the curse from within the cursed landscape. So wilderness is also a place of encounter, of revelation, of covenant, and therefore of new life and new community. The Lord appeared to Moses in the wilderness. Horeb, or Sinai, the mountain of God, lay in the wilderness. Liberated from slavery in the ancient civilization of Egypt, the Hebrews were led into the wilderness to meet God and to become the Lord's people. Exodus and wilderness mark how God takes a people as his son, as his child. In this way, a people come to know the creator as loving father. Moses, in a song, put it like this. The Lord's portion is his people, Jacob his allotted heritage. He found him in a desert land, and in the howling waste of the wilderness he encircled him. He cared for him. 
Or again like this. In the wilderness, you have seen how the Lord your God carried you as a man carries his son. Summons to wilderness means being separated out to God. In the wilderness, God reveals himself as loving father. Where human endeavor amounts to nothing, he sees to everything. And when wilderness shifts, moving from being a landscape of judgment to a landscape of fresh encounter, you can bet some water is involved. Behold, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs forth. I will make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert to give drink to my chosen people. Isaiah 43. If we are going to know our Creator as our Father, as anything more than judge, we must follow his summons into wilderness. Now, when Mark composed the beginning of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the Son of God, there was no pit stop after verse 8. Yes, by that point in the gospel lesson, we had an exodus, the folks going out from Judea and Jerusalem. And we got the experience of judgment with repentance and sins confessed before they were baptized. But it is in verse 9 that the key of the event, the key event of the wilderness occurs. Jesus of Nazareth shows up in the wilderness and is baptized. To him, God reaches out as father to son, and heaven and broken earth come together. And even more than water in the wilderness, the spirit of the living God is poured out. In those days, Jesus of Nazareth, of Galilee, was baptized by John in the Jordan. And when he came up out of the water, immediately he saw the heavens being torn open and the Spirit descending on him like a dove. And a voice came from heaven, You are my beloved Son. With you I am well pleased. And then the Spirit drove Jesus out into the wilderness for 40 whole days. With the baptism of Jesus, all desolate and lonesome landscapes, all barrenness, all the ruins of homes and cities and civilizations are reopened as landscapes for the revelation of God's fatherly love for the revelation of his spiritual and his sacramental embrace. You are meant to follow Jesus into wilderness. The way begins, as it always does, by passing through water. Your baptism 
unites you to Jesus' baptism. And there, with confession and repentance, you called the wilderness the wilderness. And when your sins were forgiven at the font, all wilderness was transformed. You see, we're always baptized in wilderness, for baptism always entails confession of and repentance over the whole landscape of God's judgment. And at baptism, wilderness also becomes what you are able to face as baptized and beloved children of God. For it will prove an experience of God's paternal faithfulness and love in a landscape where nothing but the love of your Creator will hold. As you are now confronted by landscapes of loneliness, ruin, emptiness, desolation, Recognize the divine judgment in that. Confess your complicity. That's what Advent is here for. But do not be afraid to go into the wilderness, to sojourn in desolate spaces, to experience them. It is your Father's Spirit who bids you to come be that for 40 days or 40 months or 40 years of sojourning. For he means for you to experience there the love that he turns toward humanity in that lonesome man from Nazareth, Jesus Christ. In his holy name, Amen. amen.